Thanks for tuning in to the Hey Shantae podcast, the podcast where I do not like small talk. Nobody cares what your middle name is. No one really cares what your favorite color is. I want to talk about your passions and your fears and problems that you overcome. I want to talk about emotions and intelligence and things like that. And you're probably wondering why. Because I'm nosy. So let's go. Welcome back to the Hey Shantae Podcast, episode 8. Today in my studio, I have Sarandon as my guest. And Sarandon is a director, a photographer. You've got good style. You've got good vibes. You kind of like do kind of all of it, right? So uh, go ahead and say hi, Sarandon. Oh, hi. I was like, should I say something? What's up, guys? What's up, Sarandon here? Hey. So thank you so much for coming into the studio. So as I said, that you do directing and you do photography and you're all about style. Um, let's just jump right into it. What kind of themes do you play in when you're like directing and doing your videos? Um, a lot of the themes, they, it, it, if it's something that's like a photo shoot, I play with a lot of color and I try to include that in any type of concept. I did a a project, um, for Halloween called the bride and Mm -hmm. it was something that was more outdoors, but I still made sure to like tie in some color to it. I really love pastels. Mm -hmm. Um, also just some type of throwback essence in what I do, um, or what I try to do. I, I really vibe and just connect with just things of yesteryear, whether it's objects or particular fashion, or even the way things were shot, um, that evolves in time. So I always try to make it something that's a little bit of a throwback feel, but also still feels like it could be done today. It Mm -hmm. doesn't seem dated right per se um but yeah color some type of retroness um i love playing with technology especially again techno old technology old computers vintage cameras and and things like that and uh in fashion it's it's pretty much the main part of my formula yeah. of what i like to do or or what i like to revisit and get kind of inspired by yeah yeah, because your videos and your photos re- honestly take me back to summertime, mm. like Ooh. 90s summertime, because they remind me of like bubblicious bubblegum and like popsicles and like, it just reminds me of like candy from like <laughs> back in my childhood. I just remember like being outside. It just gives me that vibe because your clothes are very 90s too. Yeah. And so it just gives me like a warm, like take me back. But like, like you said, it doesn't look dated. It's not grainy. It's very clear. It's very crisp. Thank you. I, yeah. I love your Instagram. I love your website. It's so great. Well, I really appreciate that. I'm, I'm glad you said that because um, a lot of what I do is kind of comes off of my childhood. Mm-hmm. And I was definitely that kid that was outside, like doing the most 90s kids things yeah. that you could do. Like, I, I just really loved that era. And I always try to channel that essence when I do my work as well. So. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Do you believe, are, are you a very like nostalgic person? Do you live in the now or do you think you're always like living in the past? I definitely live in the now, mm-hmm. but I I really appreciate things that happened in the past because I feel like we're at a point in now that yeah. things aren't really new anymore. True. We're, we're pretty much, I mean, it, it's going to take a, something massive to really start a new thing we're kind of in this circle of redoing things that Mm -hmm. were done and 
it's it's done with that intention a lot of times and what i really appreciate about you know previous decades is that these things were new and they yeah. were effortless people were wearing these clothes not thinking like oh i'm trying to serve a look or doing a shoot thinking like oh i'm trying to slay this it was just what it was mm-hmm. and it wasn't that in that particular part of intention behind it which made me appreciate it even more. It was yeah. time makes it timeless. Mm-hmm. So I really try to, of course, we're in the now and everything I'm doing or things I do, they're not necessarily new, but I try to do it not with the intention of like, oh, we're going to make this 90s or whatever, right. but more in the sense of like, this is just here. This is what it is. Mm-hmm. But let's like, let's, let's just make it that. Let's like, let's not make it anything more in regards to like oh we're really just trying to emphasize on vintage 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 or whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. yeah because I definitely remember like coming up when I was like preteen teenager my grandma and my mom would be like oh like we used to wear this when we were your age like this ain't nothing new blah blah blah. and I would just like roll my eyes like Mm -hmm. they don't know they're talking about blah 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 (laughs) and so now the younger kids with their like filas is back and whatever, I'm like, that's nothing new. Right. We've been doing that. You've been wearing like, that. Like, you ain't doing nothing. No. You ain't <laughs> me. Show me something new. Exactly. But it's the way that it's worn now. Mm-hmm. And it's the the message behind it that's mm-hmm. really interesting that I like. Absolutely. And especially in yours. And, like, you did, a, you did a photo shoot that I was looking at for, remind me of that magazine? For the, the Skylar girls? Uh, oh, oh uh, Supernova, Supernova girls. Yeah, that was for... Guys, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just looked at it and I forgot. Yeah, that was for uh, Safi Viox. And mm-hmm. their Instagram, they're really popular on Instagram. They're v.riot and mm-hmm. the O is a zero. Yeah. Um, but I was already following them. And um, they share tons of just old scans and just different vintage things. Mm-hmm. And I just love it so when i found out that they were doing a magazine i was like oh wow i've got to submit something so i i've always loved um pop culture is a big thing for me as well it's i pull a lot of influence from that not necessarily like tabloid type things but that's trash yeah but you know the styles and the you know the the theatrics and the excitement that came from especially like the 2000s and the 90s like that pop culture era and girl groups and boy bands like those were yeah. a big thing and i was like oh i've got to pay some type of homage to like the tlc's and the destiny's child and spice girls and all these like iconic girl groups who everyone looks like them right now because that's exactly. just what's in so yeah that was a really really fun shoot and yeah the girls the way it came together was just extremely just awesome so i appreciate that so when you do your shoots are you also doing the stylist or do you work with someone who helps you with that it depends that shoot i had a stylist her name is uh brandy she's really dope it's uh so and df on instagram um but a lot of the the shoots i'm i'm styling myself like or i'm doing the styling in that sense um because of budget, like, it costs yeah. money. And, I mean, even with that shoot, I didn't have the money to pay Brandy. Like, she was just as passionate about it as I was. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it worked out. But, you know, I'm a firm believer. Like, if I don't if I don't have the funds to pay someone, especially for a job like that, like, I would rather find an alternative way to do it. Yeah. And, you know, I would rather learn, not necessarily become a master of that craft. Like, I'm not a stylist at any sense. But... 
understand that process enough to where I can make it happen because I still want to get my vision out there. Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of the shoots I do, like um, if I'm shooting myself or just like a couple people or whatever, I'm pulling clothes or me and that person, like we're collaborating as well because branding is a really big thing for myself. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people I shoot have something going on for themselves as well. And if I could add value to their brand in any sense, then I want to do that. So if I have someone who has more of a wholesome, like, girl next door look, I'm not about to go and have her wear some mini skirt or something. Like Britney Spears. Right. I'm not going (laughs) to... never going to forgive them. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to Britney Spears them if that's not who they're selling. Even if that look I want from them, even though... That that it's a look that I may want for my brand. I'll just get someone else to do that. But I want it to work both ways for everyone, you know, in any sense. Because I want her to be just as proud as that shoot as I am. And be able to use it for whatever she wants to do. So we'll collaborate and, you know, I'll ask her, what style do you like? Or we may pull clothes together. I may just pull the look. So it kind of, it depends on what I'm working with with a budget. I always wonder how branding comes about because like you said, like somebody is like this wholesome girl, like um, Ariana Grande for a second, Mm -hmm. for example, she's like this wholesome girl, but they're always like making her look like a baby doll Mm -hmm. and sexualizing her with like kitty kind of clothes. And I guess like that's her brand. Um, do Do you, can you explain like what branding is for people who don't understand that word yeah and disclaimer y'all i'm not like a branding marketing major per se but you know your brand is it's the package is what it's to me it's a guideline and it's a package everyone whether you're creative a real estate agent whatever you are Mm -hmm. in your professional field you have a brand it's your reputation your your guidelines and again like it's your package is what people get so um with someone like an ariana grande or a lana del rey or a a beyonce like there is a brand behind that and it's a whole algorithm is a whole equation of what it takes to be this person so everything you see for most people there's intention behind it Mm -hmm. so especially like someone like a beyonce who's very low key in the sense of you don't see her do interviews or you may not see her she has this kind of mystery behind it there's yeah. intention behind that it's not like you know she 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 may be a private person in real life or whatever mm-hmm. but when it comes to the like Beyonce brand per se like there's definitely intention behind her being so to herself or not mm-hmm. or being very strategic in how she moves yeah. same with an ariana grande her ponytail the the outfits the, the that kind of youthful baby face all of that it's a package she has a fan base that's a lot younger than she is mm-hmm. and she needs to make sure she's i uh you, she can identify with them or she's yeah, relatable. people can look up to her. Exactly. And also she needs to look like them because it's like they're looking at their friend or yeah. something. So there's... Huh. I didn't think about that. It's a lot of intention behind it and you won't see her look anything else until she's ready to change her brand. Mm-hmm. And again, that's kind of like that guideline sense that comes behind it. And I think something that I just really appreciate about, again, like the, the 2000s and the 90s, I think there's a lot more emphasis on branding and how important that was especially like for musicians Mm -hmm. or um, even actors like they were put into uh, press training how they 
handle interviews yeah. or how they present themselves in public. It's a lot more freedom with that nowadays with social media. People are kind of doing whatever they want type thing. But I really do appreciate a really good, solid brand that yeah. people keep up or that 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 team keeps up with because it's the, the brand is bigger than even the person. It's like the Shantae brand is bigger than Shantae. Yeah. There's a lot of people so involved in regards to the Shantae brand. It's, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's an entity. So, um, yeah, pretty much branding, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. And if it doesn't make sense, they can always Google it. Right. <laughs> Google, yeah. It always makes me wonder, like, so you have the brand and then you have the person. And mm-hmm. it makes you wonder how close or how much distance in between those two things are. Because I remember when I was acting when I was when I was younger, I was trying to figure out what my brand was, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh well, let's just be like you know the the bitchy girl, you mm-hmm. know, I'll go out for those roles. But then trying to go out for the bitchy roles, and then I got it misinterpreted like, oh well, then I have to be bitchy all the time, and so mm-hmm. it was like exhausting because I'm like, well, I don't want to be bitchy all the time. So like trying to figure that, and then trying to like trying to figure out the brand and like trying to keep true to yourself didn't always mix for me personally. So it makes me wonder like how close it is for people in real life like like we said is Beyonce really a private person or is that just what she's showing us because her part of her brand right and she may be I mean it it's what you want it to be because you have someone like a Rihanna who is probably very on par with her brand she's a free spirit she's very unapologetic like one of her albums but you know I mean what you see is what you get with her and that's also her brand and it probably makes it a lot easier for her to commit to that because she doesn't have to put on a facade of that. Like, yeah. I'm this wholesome girl next door who never does anything wrong, per se, like maybe a Taylor Swift, who is a very wholesome girl next door vibe. When yeah. I don't know her, obviously, but in real life, she could very much be like a Rihanna. Like, I'm just mm-hmm. going to do whatever I want and wild out. I'm rebellious. But when it comes to her brand, it's like, oh, I'm this wholesome, very like safe girl that you could play to anybody. But I think it's a matter of like how you what you want it to be, because, you know, I mean, if you if you want to play the bitch, but you're in real life, like a really chill, cool girl, which you are, of course. um, (laughs) And you're like, well, I don't want it to conflict. It's hard because it's your face. Yeah. So people are going to see your face and I'm like, oh, my God, like you must be mean like you are on your project exactly or whatever but you know i mean it's 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 what you want i feel like in that point it's like it's how much you want to give that part your real life self to the world Mm -hmm. per se Mm -hmm. like how do you want to present yourself on your social media or do you really even want to be on social media like that you know i mean i feel like you have that it it kind of depends on the person how they want to control that um and how they want that to be I guess shown in the public or who they really are and what their brand is yeah how close do you think would you say that you are to your brand that you're showing us I mean I'm I I what you see is what you're getting like I'm I'm very I'm I feel like I'm a colorful person I'm I'm laid back and especially if it comes to like if I'm doing a video I'm talking or doing I may have a little bit more like enthusiasm or whatever but I'm 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 chill But, I mean, what you're seeing is what you get. Like, I try to be authentic because I feel like the more authentic you are, people can see through that. Whether it's in person or or on social media, Mm -hmm. there's there's a disconnect with people who aren't necessarily as, like, authentic with their brand than people who are. So, I'm I'm very much what you're seeing on it. Like, I, I will wear puffy 
spaceman boots in my apartment. Those are my favorite. <laughs> like I, I literally wear those and I while I'm playing like my Nintendo or watching Naruto or some some anime mm-hmm. on my phone. So that's that's me. Yeah. That's awesome. Cuz I it always cuz I work with you outside of this whole thing and you're very like chill and very quiet. But then when you do have something to say, you're just like I'm talking and I'm excited <laughs> about it and then you go back to being like, okay, cool what's the next conversation and it's over like again that's why i thought it was very interesting because i feel like that matches your your instagram and your your website very well because your your pieces are just so soft and so beautiful and then like and then you keep going on your if you guys look at his instagram it's very beautiful and it's very color black and (laughs) there's a bunch of stuff on there and then you go to this one video and i can't remember what it's called i'm so sorry but it's it's denim i think it's a denim one it's on your website. It's a girl, and she's, like, driving in her convertible. Oh, yeah, blue jeans. Yeah, yes. and it's, like, real peaceful and real soft, whatever, and then she has something to say, and it's, like, asking questions, and they're very, like, profound questions, and very like, huh, where do those questions come from? But they make you think. Mm-hmm. So, like, it was, you are quiet, and then when you say something, I'm listening. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm you know glad. what I'm saying? Yes, thank you. And it just thank matches. You. Like, you, it, your brand matches you. <laughs> Yay. No, thank you. Yeah, that was really fun. That that's why I wanted it. Like that that video is called Blue Jeans. Blue Jeans. And, I said yeah, denim. We went to Apple Valley and it was freezing. Um, was she, it? Yeah, it was cold. Couldn't tell. Yeah. Um, she was like dying. Uh, <laughs> she did a really good job not yeah, shivering. I'll let you woman know that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I just wanted people to think about like where they are in their life in regards to their surroundings and kind of what how that is how your surroundings are affecting how you are, like how your attitude, how your emotions are, how you're handling things. And sometimes it takes leaving that actual physical location that you're in and and going somewhere else to be able to, to find a change or to find that progression that you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So cool. Thank you. Of course. And you know, like art and creativity are like a form of expression and, and you're expressing yourself obviously, because why else would you do it? But what do you want people to take away from your art? Um, for most part, like, um, and I, I was having a conversation with someone about this a couple of days ago, but I really want people to feel the way I felt when I was little and I would watch Saturday morning cartoons. Mm-hmm. Like I want that same effect. I want the, the excitement, the thrill that you get from it. And then I want it to end, but it, there's nothing to really take away from it after that for the most part, except that you enjoyed it and that it was fun and it's going to kind of ingrain a memory in your head that mm-hmm. you can reflect back on and be like, oh, like, yeah, that was awesome. And then also know that next Saturday there's going to be something new for you to see. Okay. Um, I'll, You know, there's I, I will do like a project like like blue jeans or something that's maybe a little bit more intellectual or things like that. But even with those type of projects, like for someone who may not think on that spectrum, like they can still watch it and get that thrill and get that enjoyment. And if three years down the line, they find themselves more like introspective and they watch it again, they're finding a whole other gem out of that. But Mm -hmm. I think bottom line is like, I just want people to have a really good time and I want my projects to almost be like that escape and bring that innocence, like, especially as a young adult or even like with the way social media is affecting like generation Z, like these, these teenagers and these preteens, 
they're a lot more socially conscious. Yeah. And with that, you know, it can bring a lot of stress depending on what's going on in the world. And when you always have that in your face, it's like, well, what can I watch that's like an escape? Mm-hmm. And what's going to make me feel like a kid? And I feel like even as an adult, sometimes you may not want to feel it may be taboo to feel childish or to yeah. feel like a kid or something. So I was like, no, I want people to watch this, like no matter how old you are. And I want you to feel safe and I want you to be able to enjoy it. And after it's over, like you have fun and it's like, okay, like cool. It was like a ride at Six Flags. Like that was a good time. And then you go about your day, but yeah. it also made you feel good. Mm-hmm. And then you can always like, oh, remember that one time? Exactly. It's so great that you bring that up because I know that anime has such a weird stigmatism with mm-hmm. it because people are whenever you find like an adult man like oh yeah i i walk anime like the death note i like um mm-hmm. tech on times blah 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 and then they get judged like what like why are you watching such a kid thing but it's like ha- when you watch it you feel good it makes you feel good it's a break exactly it's an escape it's a break um it's fun and i mean i feel like again like when when you grow up like it's people it sucks <laughs> yeah that and but it's just like it's like people get this feeling like that stuff has to stop right for some reason because you need to worry about the world or Mm -hmm. worry about what's going on in the world and stuff like that Mm -hmm. it's like of course it's important to be knowledgeable about what's going on with that but if that's stuff that you love and that's stuff that you're passionate about like i i feel like when you're in your teens like your preteen teenage years like I almost sometimes feel like that's you at your truest self because especially wow, yeah. it I don't know how that affects kids now with social media but I can speak for myself and I'm sure people can can relate it's like I didn't have the influence of I didn't have too much influence of like adults or like what adulting was per mm-hmm. se like I was me I was into whatever I was into I had the enthusiasm I didn't have like that that jadedness I was very enthusiastic and optimistic about I could be anything like I had that endless imagination and things like that I didn't have a job that was like pounding that out of me or whatever Mm -hmm. or teachers or you know college or whatever it was that was like pounding me and trying to mold me and like learn about your future what are you gonna do now exactly and like compact me into this adult or whatever but I always try to go back into that and tap into myself and when I was 14 I started a journal and I started writing because it was right when YouTube was like people were realizing YouTube was about to be this big bang Mm -hmm. like it was on the come up and I was like oh I want to get in on this like I want to you know produce videos on this and stuff like that and I started mowing yards because I wasn't old enough to work work Mm -hmm. and I bought a hundred dollar camera from Walgreens (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't even an HD yeah yeah no they had to open it up they had to get it you know they had to put the key and get it out for me or whatever yeah (laughs) I was really proud I didn't ask my mom for a dime to pay for that camera yeah I was like really proud of myself um and you know I started making my content and I wrote on this in this journal, like, hey, like, if you're reading this, it's because I'm just this big, like, director yeah. or whatever. And, you know, this is just my journey. Yeah. It was so corny. But in it, like, I would document my my experiences while I was creating. Yeah. And I was super serious about it, even though I wasn't getting any views. Like, I'd make it, like, 30 views or something. Which but, is more than zero. 
Which is, of course, more than zero. But to me, and especially in that time, like it was just the fact that somebody watched mm-hmm. it, or maybe someone went to came up to me at school and was like, "Hey, I watched your video," and I laughed, like, yeah. Haha. And that meant the world to me. So I would go home, write in my journal, and also write plans that I had for the next video or concepts and things like that. And I was super serious. And then I noticed as I started to get older, I started writing in it less. I started to become a little bit more. Um, swayed by peer pressure like of course. you know like mm-hmm. oh well maybe i shouldn't be so quirky because you know yeah. no one likes a quirky guy or you know or maybe i'm being a little too corny everyone's mm-hmm. starting to get into this stuff Which like is, hold on corny there's no guys there's nothing wrong with being corny corny mm-hmm. is just fun corny is fun. so if you're if you're corny <laughs> be corny just know when to quiet down a little bit read the room but there's nothing wrong with being corny Nothing. continue yeah no no there's nothing wrong with it and i mean i feel like if you are you are you know if you're yeah. just a corny person like you're just corny mm-hmm. and again there, it's, it's likable like you could definitely be likable yeah. being corny but you know i tried to change myself i tried to change the way i look to make sure that i was kind of fitting in quote unquote yeah um and i lost myself and then you know i went back and this was maybe into 2017 going on to 2018 I went back and I read my journal and I was just mind blown by how passionate and just fearless this 14 year old was. And he didn't care about anything else, but just what he was creating and what he was doing. And I was like, I have a lot to learn from that because now I, I worry about everything. I worry about how people are going to respond. I worry about, Who's emailing me? What the reach is going to be? Is this project going to get reposted like the other one did? Like it's a lot of stuff going on. And then, you know, you start to forget about the passion. And Mm -hmm. I was like, no, I need to. It's the most important part of it all. It's it's what you want. Exactly. It's the content. So I, you know, I watched that. I, I read my stuff again. I watched some old videos and how awful they were, but just how like. Happy Free spe- how exactly and how just into it I was and I was like that's what I need to be for 2018 and you know of course 2019 well well this was from 2017 going on to 2018 oh, well for this year no 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 it was good also 2019 <laughs> as well but I was like that's what I need to to tap into for this year so I did that and I mean of course there's just it's gonna be obstacles I'm gonna. Yeah. Because we still have to pay bills and do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and still relapse and be like, oh, well, yeah. this, you know, maybe I should open my chest out a little bit more or something, like, you know, to get a couple yeah. extra likes or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Show a little cleavage yep. for some right. <laughs> maybe that'll give me 10 more likes. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I would, again, continue to fall back and tap yeah. into that essence of that 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 young kid who just wanted to have fun yeah. and i feel like a lot of people should do that mm-hmm. yeah definitely those roadblocks blocks of peer pressure and comparing yourself to the other person who has more likes than you or most more subscribers definitely can get to you but you definitely just have to make sure that you are looking ahead and not side to side and behind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you um do you have to overcome other roadblocks besides that when you're doing your projects yeah i mean there are other things like um, it's, it's a battle because a lot of what I do 
may just involve me, myself, like in front of the camera and behind the camera. A lot of like what a Issa Rae or a Donald Glover do, do and have done. Um, and also balancing that out with, well, I need to collaborate with people to get my, my stuff out there mm-hmm. to, to build my reach and trying to balance that out and also trying to make sure that no matter what I do, that it works within my brand. Yeah. And it's it sounds understandable when saying it, but trying to communicate that with people. And it, it may be a geographical thing. Maybe it's just an L.A. thing, but... I've had selfish here. Yeah. People are selfish. Like, honestly, like, let's be real. Like people are very selfish out here and you know, I'll have someone reach out to me. It could be an influencer, like someone with a hundred thousand followers, a million followers reach out to me and they want me to help them create content for their brand or they want me to help them kind of rejuvenate their brand and it, that takes a lot of freaking time. Like we talked about mm-hmm. how much branding is. It's yeah. bigger than just a person. Like it's a it's a business mm-hmm. and I'm I don't have that time. And trying to communicate that with people who are very passionate about what they want to do. Um it, it can be tough and I can lose support from that. And I've lost support a handful of times from people. And I, I don't like that. I don't like to have a reputation yeah. or whatever. Yeah, hard to work with. Right, I don't You're want... difficult. To, right, or he doesn't like to work with people or, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And that's not what it is. It's just like, you know, I, might, I have my eye on my prize yeah. too. And if it doesn't necessarily align with what I want, then I, I'm not going to do it. But it's the same thing that would go for that person too or whatever. So, you know, the kind of losing that support or whatever I I don't necessarily like that feeling and it's it's kind of it's hindered me in some senses of like opportunities I could have got that person could have helped me with that opportunity or whatever but I didn't do this for them so they don't whatever Mm -hmm. you know it's stuff like that but I think the biggest thing is like tapping into that inner self and like going and wanting to be that again that fearless 14 year old versus the that insecure adult who may have a little self-doubt because mm-hmm. that kind of bleeds onto my work. I may not necessarily do a particular part of this concept because I, I may start second guessing or maybe start thinking like, I don't think people will, will rock with that. I don't know if people are going to like that. And I start worrying about what people think or I start mm-hmm. asking my friends what they think about stuff or I start Everybody getting their opinion. opinion. Yeah. And then everyone's involved mm-hmm. and it's, everyone's taken everyone's gonna say you didn't do what i told you to do (laughs) right and why did you do that or i may ask them like what do you think if i did this like what if i laid over legos and they're like "Mm, no you know what i mean so i don't lay over legos or whatever yeah um and it it again you just become a product of who everyone else else instead of who you are yeah um so yeah i think that's the biggest thing is like keeping it with you yeah and you definitely don't want to feel like a sellout to yourself Mm -hmm. and your and your brand exactly brand is the word of the day right (laughs) the the letter today is b for brand (laughs) so that's great so when you how do you i'm gonna get this question (laughs) how do you pick yourself out when your projects fail like how do you how do you because like let's say that you're working on the project you're like super excited and you want to collab with x y and z but then x y and z and your brand and their brand doesn't go together so the project falls flat and you've worked so hard on it 
And so now you're down and now you're back to being that adult who's worried about everything. How do you pick yourself back up and say, it's okay, 14 year old person's my, my spirit animal, let's keep going? I feel like with every project you do, there's a lesson and there's a takeaway. Mm-hmm. Like, of course, like something flops, like let's be real, it yeah. flopped, nobody rocked with it, or the, maybe the relationship and that collaboration fell through and it crumbled and y'all don't get along or rock with each other or anything. I feel like there is still a takeaway I could have learned. I, I think about it. I'm like, okay, I'm like, let's say this video didn't do as well as I thought it was going to do, you know, whatever. But what did I gain from this? And I could have learned a totally new skill on my editing software. This may have been the best coloring I've ever colored a video, although no one watched it. Like mm-hmm. that coloring was on point. Yeah. And now I can put this on the next video. So I try to find wins, whether it's something technical that I may have learned um also like if especially like i'm getting better at it i'm still got a lot of work to do but a big opportunity i know i have when it comes to working with people is setting up expectations Mm -hmm. and in in regards to like this is how i'm going to work or this is what i will do for this especially when there's money involved like for what i'm getting paid for this like this is what will be done Mm -hmm. anything more is gonna cost more you know what I mean? Get the coin, <laughs> the bag. And if you don't really set up, if you don't set up an expectation for the front in the in the beginning, people are going to ask for a lot more than what they're paying for or what you were expecting to give them. Mm-hmm. And of course, boundaries are boundaries are boundaries. Like it does, it's never too late to have boundaries per yeah. se. But when you're like, oh, cool, let's work together, and y'all do this, and then you know, two weeks down the line, they're adding all this stuff. And you're like, I don't want to do that anymore. It's going to hit them a lot differently. It's going to sound like you're switching up mm-hmm. and you're like, you just changed in the middle of this project. And like, Oh no, like you were this cool person to begin. Now you this, but when you have those expectations set up in the beginning, you, they know what's up and they right. know what you're going to do. They know how to communicate with you. They're not going to text you 10 times at four o'clock in the morning with a whole bunch of stuff like they know you don't call me you don't text me this is completely on emails your point of contact or whatever like and there's and there is understand it because if they're going to work with you of course they have to agree to those things and you know especially when i was really just starting like it was very casual it was very like oh yeah let's work together Mm -hmm. and then i noticed those things would happen and the project crumbles and I'm just like, oh, like, where did I go wrong? And yeah. that was my takeaway is like, no, you need to set up expectations yeah. and and stand in your self-worth. Exactly. And although that may have not been a quote unquote positive takeaway, like maybe I didn't learn how to do a camera angle differently or discover some type of cool trick mm-hmm. from this project. I learned something that I could do for future projects to prevent that from happening yeah. again. So, you know, if, if something wins or loses, like there's a takeaway from it and then also if you loved the project regardless someone liked it or not that really is all that matters to yeah at the so. end of the day it, you have to be happy with yourself mm-hmm. exactly. and what you've done and shit if your video only got two likes or two views who cares as long as you're watching it yeah. and you're appreciating you're proud and you can show people that stuff so exactly great. in this industry with um photography and uh, cinematography mm-hmm. and you do look books too i noticed yeah Um, Is it easier for you to, like, is it harder, actually? Is it harder for you to start doing a project? Or is it harder for you to keep going when things are, like, what's easier? Like, getting started or keep going? 
Definitely, Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely the keep it going thing on a lot of stand on a lot of different ends of it. Like you can have a great idea, you know, right. while you're doing dishes and you may begin it, but that consistency is very difficult. Yeah. And there's a lot of obstacles that come when you're being consistent. I read a book called The, I think, War of Art. And they talk about resistance. And basically, when you're on to something very good, resistance comes because it's trying to throw you off your game. Like, yeah. nothing good comes easy. So if you have this great idea and you're starting it, there's going to be problems. There's maybe budget restraints. You may not have the money to to get the resources you need. You may have a hard time finding someone who's com- just as passionate or committed to this project as you are um, to keep it going. Or they may be a very essential part of what you need to get this done. And it can really kind of slow you down or discourage you and make you want to stop or be like, you know, whatever, I'll do yeah. something else that's easier. But um, that consistency and, and going against that resistance is very important because that's what it's just going to take to get it done. Mm-hmm. Like. Um, when I shot The Bride, like I had a lot of, I didn't have the money to fund a lot of the things I wanted to do. There yeah. were more things I wanted to do with it, but I just didn't have the money to, to put into it. Um, but I kept going and I you found sure alternative ways to make it happen. I'm like, okay, they won't have the big old nice setup on... I wanted them to be like in a chapel. I'm like, okay, I can't afford a chapel. Like, let's throw them, <laughs> <laughs> let's throw them on the beach. The beach is free. Like, <laughs> uh, let's go to Marina Del Rey, right. and maybe I wanted them to have a nice little like drapes or something. Like, I can't afford drapes, so they just gonna have the ocean on the backdrop. Yeah. Like, you, there's always a way to make it work. Exactly. It's like not, I can't do it, but how can I do this? Mm-hmm. And you know, again, that's with that consistency and keep going and. What we talked about as well, like, I think it goes even beyond, like, while you're in the midst of a project, but how you follow up to the next project. Because someone may see something through, especially when you're starting something new, whether it's a TV, a web series, a TV show, whatever, a blog. It's not going to hit, you're not going to hit home run from the gates. Mm -hmm. Like, you're just not. It's, It's very, very difficult. Um, and it's discouraging when maybe your mom is the only person that read it. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> or left a comment thanks, or whatever. Mom. Right. Thanks, mom, or whatever. And you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. No one's watching this. Yeah. Like, but no, you got to keep going. And it may not, it may take 300 times for you to do this mm-hmm. before it actually takes off. Like, I think Gary V. Um, who's a very big um, entrepreneur um, and motivational speaker and stuff. He's really dope and very rich and successful, so look, follow him. But um, he talked about that. Like, when he was on YouTube, he was, like, making the same video every day. I think he was talking about wine or something. He was getting no views, but he would do it every week until, and I think it was years until finally it blew up and now he's this major entrepreneur and he's buying out businesses and owning shoe brands and doing all these amazing things. Yeah. So it's that consistency. Like you got to know what the end game is. You got to know, have your eye on the prize because that's what it's, that's what's going to feed you to do it and keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm -hmm. So for me, if anybody ever asked me that question for me, starting is hard. Mm. 
like I'm a screenwriter so like mm-hmm. me trying to like get a script started I'm constantly putting it off like oh I'll do that later or oh I'm not ready or oh I don't have the idea down so like I keep like talking myself out of getting started really? and then whenever I finally start it could be like this one script it took me three years to write it mm. and then but, but once I started it I got it I, I sit on my computer and I type and I finish like a pilot script in eight hours mm. or I finish a feature script in two days so for me it's I am constantly talking myself out of it. Like, oh, no one, like my podcast took me forever to start this podcast. I was like, no one's going to listen to it. No one's going to like it. And then finally I was like, let's just try it. Let's just do it. And so I did it and I'm going, this is what, eight weeks now? Yeah. So for me, I can't get started. But once I get started, you can't stop me. Right. You're there. You're good. You're rocking. Yeah. Yeah. So that's in there. I guess every, every process is different for everybody, but Mm -hmm. it's just very interesting that, but also, yeah, like money and all those things that you mentioned will stop the train you don't have a ticket you gotta get off you gotta get off but you gotta find a way to get back on is the thing exactly so how do you keep up with your work um not looking like other people because for me i'm not in photography um and i like that whole like scene with like clothes and things like that to me a lot of stuff just like looks similar Mm -hmm. and looks the same and for people who are probably more trained or more into like looking at photos and photography, they can probably tell like the difference. Like, oh, well, this person, yeah, it looks the same, but like the way that they use the lighting is different. The way that, for example, you use coloring is different. How do you keep yourself original and keeping fresh and like not blending in with the rest of everybody else? Yeah, I think it kind of goes to what we were saying earlier. Um, again, following back to the 2000s and the 90s and the 80s, like there. You said what? Great years. Yeah, right. The the golden, honestly, the golden years of pop culture and and in every aspect and the clothes and stuff we wear. But they have personal style, and I think nowadays people see a look and they all want to look like that. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants to look like Kim Kardashian or something. Or everybody is starting to look like her too. Yeah. Or you go on these these like beauty girls instagram pages per se and they have the same aesthetic they Mm -hmm. use the same filters they because one person did it it worked and instead of every just how our generation is we want instant gratification Mm -hmm. so we we saw something that works and we all try to run at the same time to be the second person that gets that or you know to ride that clout of like oh yeah this works so let's do that instead of figuring out like who am i and what do I like to do and and go that route? And I think, wh- well, what I do to make sure that I don't do that is I try not to subscribe too much into what other photographers or whatever, what other creators are, are producing. Of course, I support it. I watch it and, you know, I engage and yeah. stuff like that. But I don't try to, I don't, if I saw my peer and he did a video and it started, it just popped and it did really well. I don't try to, to dissect every single thing he did and try to understand the formula of what he did to work. Mm -hmm. I watched it. I enjoyed it, whatever. And it's like, okay, I'm back to my thing. Like I try to worry about myself and I try to inspire myself by subscribing to, I try to, to inspire myself by what I'm passionate about. Right. And, um, what I appreciate, especially like fashion of the nineties and two thousands, like you can look at people's outfits, like everyone was looking crazy. You know what I mean? Like they had crazy outfits, like the Paris Hilton's and stuff. Like they would just wear like a, a skirt with a, 
a coat or some like crazy like or like the silk um lingerie thing yes and like it's the just teddies for dresses mm-hmm. and it, or like a, a tank top over a t-shirt and you're just like what but you knew it was that person you knew who yeah. it, that person does that and you never saw her contemporary looking just like that her contemporary had her own style or he had his own style and you they were individuals so i i really tried to hone into that i tried to I'll look at a men's fashion page, but I don't try to look at it too much. Like I, I know what's, I know what's happening. Like I'm aware of what's trendy. I, I'm aware of what people are into, but mm-hmm. that's as far as that goes. Speaking of men's fashion, I feel like men's fashion is very bland mm. and very muted. But I have noticed that it is changing. I'm starting to see more color on men, mm-hmm. and even though like there was like a time where that the phrase metrosexual was like a huge buzzword and everybody mm-hmm. was saying it where men were wearing pink and they were wearing yellow and stuff like that and now men are wearing patterns and mm-hmm. like tighter pants and like more tailored pants and things like that so where do you how do you think like men's fashion is changing and do you think it has a lot to do with the masculinity complex i i do i, I think well for one i um with the good things that come out of social media is that I think it allows people to find their tribe and everyone has some form of a tribe. And I don't mean like whatever, but I mean, there's other people that you connect to. There's other people that you relate with. Right. And when you can find someone that you connect with, you get that confidence boost to also embrace maybe that thing that you two have alike and I think men's fashion is moving into a more like interesting, fun, colorful, more pattern place because men are starting to see like a guy will like something and never tell you because they may feel like it's not masculine per yeah. se, but they really are into it and they want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now they're able to connect with maybe another guy who looks like them who also wanted to wear a striped sweater and they're like, yeah. oh. You okay? So I can the wear jumpsuits, the male rompers. Yeah. Oh, you okay? Because I've been liking that. I just didn't know. Yeah. So didn't okay, know I we could. Were, I didn't know we were allowed to wear that. Right. But, okay. So, so the... I'm gonna do it. Exactly. And it's. I think it's starting to kind of scrape that away. I think again, people are a lot more socially conscious now, mm-hmm. which is good because a lot of conversations that our parents couldn't talk about, or you know, what I mean our older cousins couldn't talk about like people are more open about it. Yeah. So it's allowing people to become a little bit more comfortable, less uptight about those type of things and be more fluid in regards to the, the different styles and things that they're into. Um, I personally, I'm thinking it just in general and I'm not a fashion expert per se, Mm -hmm. but, um, I think unisex is where everything's going to go. Like, I think it'll take a few generations, but I think it's going to be more common that stores, retail and things like that are not going to have a men's and women's section. It's just close (laughs) because I know myself, like I get most of the, a lot of the jackets and stuff I wear are women's jackets. Like, really? Yeah. Like I, I like, cause again, there's color from them. Mm-hmm. The, the cuts and the designs are a lot more women are when it comes to style, they're a lot, they, they have the quote unquote freedom to be more versatile. Yeah. So I see a lot more creativity put into like a jacket or a coat 
that's on the women's side than the guy version of it, which is like a boxy, like straight off a template type, just Mm -hmm. very cut and paste, whatever look. So I'll get the women's jacket and wear that or whatever. And when you wear it, no one ever really knows. Like, yeah, I'm, you know, because it's on a man, so they assume it's a, a, a men's jacket. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, look at your jacket. Where'd you get that? Oh, it's a Fashion Nova jacket. Like, I don't yeah. wear Fashion Nova, but. <laughs> Boop. Right. No, I mean, <laughs> I don't wear Fashion Nova. I'm joking. <laughs> But, but if you know, want to work with me, fashion right? Professional, because uh, no, nah. but um, but yeah, like you don't. I I feel like unisex is where everything's gonna. Yeah. Go. So um, but I do like where I think men's clothing are getting more interesting, and it's just gonna take time. Like we just got in this place, yeah. in society to where we're like, let's talk. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And if you've ever had a personal relationship with someone where there's a lot of built up, you know, just gunk. It's going to take a while. It's going to get really, really messy before Mm -hmm. it gets really clean. And we're starting to have this conversation and not just of course clothes, but in a lot of things. So we're just like, okay, we're good in there. We're getting there. And then, but once it's over, it's going to be great. Right. Yeah. And another thing I feel like with men in general, the conversation's always there and, and waiting to get started. And then, like, piece by piece, the conversation would be like, oh, cool, they're talking about, like, men's fashion is being different. Or, like, men are talking about their mental health or whatever. And it only takes, like, one person, one fucker who fucks up everybody. And then, like, you guys take three steps back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great. Now you guys have to work again to get five steps forward. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like you guys are getting there, getting there, and then somebody's like, oh, well, blah, 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 rude, rude, rude. And then it's like, oh, great. Now the men have to start all the way over. Right. Now the men have to put their crop tops back into the closet. It's mm-hmm. not time for their back to the long tees, which are disgusting. Right. <laughs> I can't stand long tees. But again, like, it's that I I think it's going to take time. Like, we're mm-hmm. we're in a place where it's at least the dialogue is there. Yeah. Like, there's going to be detractors. And that will never stop. There's always going to be someone. Mm-hmm. But, again, as generations and generations come, it's going to be not even a conversation. I also think it's a regional thing. Like, especially, like, in L.A., people are a lot more... Even the most conservative is a way more chill and like fun and being like I grew up in Texas like I would always get laughed at for wearing like skinny jeans or Mm -hmm. something and here it's like everyone does it you know what I mean like so I think it's a regional thing you go to Asia and the guys dress really different and they cut you take that and put it in Texas and it's like oh what the heck you know what I mean so I think it's also like a regional thing too it's definitely a regional thing because when I go home to Missouri, I feel like I've traveled in time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh my God, you guys are still wearing Jinko jeans. <laughs> DoorDash. Right. What is happening? <laughs> and then you come back to LA and it's like brands I've never heard of before. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, oh my God, everything fits here and everything's tailored and everything just looks so crisp and clean. And it's right. just, it's so interesting the way that fashion the time that it takes for fashion just to travel mm-hmm. from location to location, which is something I don't understand because we all have the same internet. Mm-hmm. We all have the same access to things. It's just, I don't know why it just takes so long to get different places. It's, I've always wondered that. It's the mentality of people. Like, you know, we all can go on ASOS and get the same outfit. Like, we can. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if you're in Missouri, Texas, 
or California, but you know, you still have the stigmas or you still have the the influences of, like you said, that one guy that says whatever. It may be a lot more that one guy in Missouri and Texas right. than there is in like California. Right, exactly. <laughs> the That ratio is a lot more. So it may take a lot longer for maybe that particular place to get to a point to where they're a lot more free versus like a New York or a, a California where people have been, you know, having unisex sections for five years now y'all just getting that like this ain't nothing new (laughs) this is nothing new exactly um so i think that also plays a part into it as well it's just annoying it we i feel like we've had so much time and it's going to take so much more time Mm -hmm. everything just takes time exactly and watching water boil is never going to boil absolutely Mm -hmm. so we're going to start winding down a little bit okay so what what are mistakes that you have made and what are some advice that you can give upcoming um cinematographers and photo photographers um to help them get through that mistake or not make that mistake that you've made um i don't necessarily believe in mistakes (laughs) i feel like mistakes is something that can't be undone period but um, like there are definitely be, pregnancy. huh? I said like an unplanned pregnancy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I feel like mistakes <laughs> can't be <laughs> undone, but there are, I have had a lot of, there's nothing I've done that I can't undo per se, or I can't press forward and, and fix. But, um, one thing I, I will say that I wish I would have done more is say no more. Oh, like, okay. just, I, I have this thing I, I drew out in one part, one New Year's Eve, but I call it the triangle of consideration. And I saw like this, it was like memes before memes, but when I was like in high school, like someone posted it on Facebook and it was like this triangle and it said like schoolwork, social life, studying or something. It was like, you can only have two. So if you pick like schoolwork and social life, like you can't, oh, sleep. It was like sleep, schoolwork, social life. It was mm-hmm. like, you can have your social life and sleep, but you won't have homework done. And you know, it was like, you could have only have two. So I kind of like took that model and I put it in and I really thought about just like, okay, this is all this stuff that happened that year. Like, you know, what would have, what were the things that worked or what, if it didn't work, what would have made it work? And I came up with three points and that's, pay like is this something that pays me what i want or and then some Mm -hmm. is this and then the other point is this is something i'm passionate about and then the third point was this is something that elevates me and elevating can be elevates me in my career will this opportunity get me into a nike office to meet with them about a concept or is this going to elevate my skill set is this going to put me expose me to a different type of like am I going to get to work on a set of be on the set of like a Steven Spielberg production that I would never get any other time and work directly with him Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and it has and instead of like there can only be two my rule is like it has to be at least two so you can hit all three points but first if it's something that I I don't get paid for but it's something that I'm passionate about and elevates me then this is a project I'm going to take I may not be passionate about this project, but if it's going to pay me and elevate me in a sense of some, a, the, the path I'm trying to go in my career, mm-hmm. then I'm going to take it. And it, it goes 
you know, that, that variation of things. And if it's all three, then hell yeah, I'm going to do yeah. it. Um, and if it's one thing, I know I'm going to hate it. If it's just something that elevates me, I'm not paid for it and I'm not passionate about it. It's going to take me a long time to do this project. I'm going to be editing <laughs> all day. If I'm only doing it for the money again, I'm going to hate it. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't care about this, you know yeah. what I mean? And if it's something I'm passionate about, I'm not getting paid and I'm, I'm elevating it for it. You know what I mean? Again, that's, uh, it, that's kind of like a gray area per se, but it doesn't sound like it's, if it's not something that's good for your brand, cause you can be passionate. You could be, you could have a podcast talking to people about their passions mm-hmm. and you want to pursue, you want to make like a video that's like you making scrambled eggs because you're passionate about your scrambled eggs, <laughs> but it's like, but you want to put this and try to monetize this on like your Instagram page or your YouTube. That's mm-hmm. a waste of time because that's not going to elevate you. Your audience right. isn't here to watch you scramble eggs. <laughs> so it has to be at least two. And if it's not, I'm going to say no. And I'm going to trust that no. And I think um, I've had a lot of times where I wanted to say no and I was afraid to, so I did it, or I felt for some reason obligated to do this because this person was like yeah. in my video or something. So I felt like obligated to do this for them or whatever, but I didn't, I wasn't passionate about it or anything. Um, and I resented the project. I kind of started to resent them mm-hmm. as well or whatever. And I was just overall, like my whole well being was just like decreased because yeah. I was just like, I've just feel like a, a prisoner of my own art, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, I, I there were so many things that I could have said no to that I could have used that time to, even though I wasn't gonna get paid for it, do something I was passionate about and that was gonna elevate me. I could have shot another short film, yeah, you know what I mean. That could have got featured on something, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. So say no if you don't like it. Did you not? You don't owe anybody anything, mm-hmm. for which is something that's really hard <laughs> to get out of get out of the habit of doing feeling obligated like oh well i feel bad for the person or i feel like i have to it's like no you don't because what they will do is they will find somebody else Mm -hmm. and if you keep saying yes and you burn yourself out or you exhaust your resources they're going to step right over your dead body Mm -hmm. and go to the next person so you (laughs) (laughs) like you know i mean you're not like there's another person that can do what you can do. Not maybe the way you can do it, yeah. but there's another person who can take a picture. Mm-hmm. So if this person wears me out to the point where I hate it and I quit and I want to like become a social worker instead or something, <laughs> like, I don't know. And, you know, just totally give up on this and move back to mm-hmm. Dallas. They'll be like, oh, and then they will move on. Yeah. So, and Why? I've had those, like I've had people, I've, I've, I've trapped myself in projects with people that I absolutely hated and I got to my wits end and I opened up to them and told them, you know, I, I'm just exhausted. I can't handle this anymore. I need to focus on other things, but you know, it's no hard feelings and stuff. And they're like, okay, deuces and unfollow me, block me, move on. And it's like, damn, all that stuff I did for you, for you to just be like deuces. Mm -hmm. So put yourself first and say no. Put yourself first. Know your self-worth. Say no when it doesn't feel right. Say no when the coin's not there. And mm-hmm. say no when you're not getting anything out of it. Exactly. That's awesome. Cool. Well, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah. Well, you know, if if you don't follow me, you I have two pages. I have... I didn't know that. Yeah. I have Sarandon, and then I have Shot by Sarandon. 
which is like other people. (laughs) 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 People that were shot by me and then have Sarandon, which is more tailored to my personal brand and the stories I tell that pretty much include me. And then I have the shop, but that's like my Tyra Banks, like <laughs> narcissist, my Oprah magazine, like me by me for me type thing. And then I have my shop by Sarandon, which is tons of fun faces and people and, you know, just creating content with people. And you can check out all my work at shopbysarandon.com. Um, I did two short films this year, mm-hmm. The Bride, which I is... I really like that one. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And that's like a cool little thriller type thing. And then also Blue Jeans, which is like a vibey, introspective, but like serving looks type video. Yeah. Which y'all can check out on my YouTube, Sarandon TV. Um, and my... Well, no, I'm about to lie. You can check those out on my website, <laughs> shopbysarandon.com. Yeah. That's awesome. And Thanks. stay tuned. Yes. Oh, for sure. You guys, if you want, like, just, like, a quarter water and to kick back with some, like, Rugrats or some Hey Arnold, definitely mm. tune into his Instagram because it gives you that feeling. It's great. I'm, I'm going to plug everything in the description box. Thank you so much for coming through to my studio. Thank you, I, I've always was curious about your style because I've always, you know, admired it in the way that you dress and come in and out of my life um so thank you so much for coming on and explaining it to me i feel like i've learned so much i'm so excited i can't wait to see what else you bring out thank you so much thank you i can't wait for more episodes because you're the bomb.com so forward slash more bomb (laughs) i'm gonna take that and i'm gonna buy that link so don't try it you guys All right, so guys, thanks for listening to the Hey Shantae podcast. If you want to follow the podcast, it's Hey Shantae Pod, all across social media. If you want to follow me on my personal accounts, it's Shantae Chanel, two N's, don't ask why, on all social media at the same time. Uh, you guys, stay tuned for some more episodes coming into the future. I kind of really like this podcast thing, so let's not go ahead and stop. Yeah, yeah. All right, so I'm going to stop the recording, though.